The following is part two of a two-part podcast, so if you're interested in understanding what's going on, make sure that you're caught up on the previous part. That means you need to be able to didactically argue about the world from a materialist perspective. Wow, that still sounds complicated, doesn't it? But you know, it's interesting. I think it's easy. What's that? What's that meme right there? Uh, mono, mono rail. Mono means one, and rail means rail. <laughs> Are you, you've obviously never been a teacher, Bosch, because that's how you introduce topics. If you say something like <laughs> dialectical materials into people who've never heard the term before. Wife guy, Bosch, wife like, guy, you made a joke at the expense of my wife. I am in the shed. Let me out of the shed. Talking about. It's not absurd to explain how these words relate to each other and what they uh... mean. Again, this is just sophistry. This is puffery so that people like you won't go and misinterpret and misunderstand this shit. So why don't you try just actually paying attention to what she's actually saying? Chowder, that ML pussy got me acting unwise. I know you think you're the smartest guy in the room, but she's actually making a point right now, especially people who aren't versed in dialectical materials and like you. I was the only person in the room at the time, except for my cats, so yeah. I'll take that one. I hope so. Does anyone have any questions? I got. I got. I, I don't want to nitpick the, the theory bit. I want. I want to let her finish, and then I'll, I'll talk. Is the understanding in Vietnamese? we call dialectical materialism. Chủ nghĩa duy và biện chứng. Biện chứng is dialectical, and it means arguing according to evidence. I think the Vietnamese version will help you understand the difference. Okay, so again, arguing according to evidence has nothing to do with dialectical materialism. That's just empiricism. The idea that we should form information based on evidence we can derive from our senses. In the world. Between Hegel's dialectical idealism and Marx's dialectical materialism, because Marx and Engels believe in using movable material evidence to argue dialectically. That's very important for. No, it, no, it's not about material evidence. It's about material conditions. No. Yeah, I know it's not even empiricism. I'm just I'm trying to strike somewhere close. Empiricism, the theory that all knowledge is derived from sense experience, which I think is kind of what they're getting at, but they're pretty philosophically illiterate. So. No, no, no. What are you talking about? Let's... No, 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 okay? Hegel and, and people more aligned with Hegel and Marx had different understandings of how progress was made in the world. You see... Listen, okay. I Listen, I don't normally think that citing Google is a good place to go to when we're talking about Marxist theory, but Google agrees with me. The Marxist theory of dialectical materialism that political and historical events result from the conflict of social forces and are interpretable as a series of contradictions and their solutions, hence the dialectical bit. The conflict is believed to be caused by material needs or class interests. There. There, that's fine. Yeah, it has nothing to do with arguing from evidence. Yes, from Oxford languages, yes, but uh, yeah, Oxford is a Western source, I know. But like, yeah, th th that's fine. Vietnamese universities have this blocked on the Wi-Fi. Like, uh, please, I know people are going to make fun of me for like deferring to Google on a theory-based thing, but I haven't been up until this point. I'm just pointing out that like, listen, if the Vietnamese government has their own definition for dialectical materialism that differs from the actual definition, that's fine. It's just a bad definition that they use then, like, okay. They were both um, uh, uh, modernist philosophers, which meant that they believed that the human experience, the philosophy of the world, the nature of things, could be concretely explained in singular narrative ideologies. So once again, Voschberg, he has no idea what he's talking about. So this is again... Is he really about to argue that Marx wasn't a modernist? Oh my god, wait. How, how deep does the depravity go? Is... 
what what did I say there that wait what did I say there that's even remotely arguable um uh, uh, modernist philosophers which meant that they believe that the human experience the philosophy of the world the nature of things could be concretely explained in singular narrative ideologies so once again, Vosh proves he has no idea what he's talking about. So this is, again, the book that Lynn has been translating. Dialectics is a philosophical methodology, which... We're going back. We're going back to the Bible. Yep, we're going back to the Bible. Wait, this is dialectics, not dialectical materialism. Does he know the difference? Searches for truth by examining contradictions and relationships between things, objects, and ideas. This is what Hegel and Marx have in common. He Marx doesn't. And Engels studied Hegel's dialectics, his dialectical system. And they thought that it was very- He thinks, dude, the term dialectics is thousands of years old. Modernism isn't, nor is dialectical materialism. He, these are the people who tell me I haven't read theory. Ah. Uh, dialectics aren't even necessarily uh, leftist. I'm pretty sure that Hitler argued a version of dialectics in Mein Kampf. It's, it's just a philosophical precept. It's not- Interesting that Hegel created a universal system of philosophy within a dialectical framework. They thought that was useful and valuable, but they were completely, completely- Wait, I'm sorry, hold on. Is this true? Amon 1920. Vosh, this is a quote from one of the book's lunacites. Any disregard or denial of the Communist Party's leadership and governance role, state principles for the spiritual life society, for uh, social culture socialism, will lead to the political disorientation of the cultural fundamental- uh, spirit of society. Wait, is that true? I need to find a source for that. That's too good. I need to find a source for that. That's that's too much. That that reads like like a like a just a hit for me. I I would I would I if I could find. EJ says yeah more stupid shit. We already have enough video to deal with. I just if I if I have a source, I have the translated PDF. I don't know how I can make it available to you. Email voshvideo@gmail.com right now. Okay, send me that PDF, please. Include it as an attachment. He broke with Hegel over idealism. There's a reason that we call the philosophy of Marx and Engels dialectical materialism, and it's not because of the word material conditions. Yes, Marx and Engels talked about material conditions. Yes, material conditions are important. What? 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 We're completely, completely broke with Hegel over idealism. There's a reason that we call the philosophy of Marx and Engels dialectical materialism, and it's not because of the word material conditions. Yes, Marx and Engels talked about material conditions. Yes, material conditions are important for the development of socialism and they determine things like human society. Okay, and we'll talk about that more in just a second. But they broke with Hegel's stance of idealism. Hegel believed that truth was found through conscious activity. He was in that sense an idealist. Marx and Engels were materialists. Dialectics is this ancient- Why did, why did you just throw an that idealist. There? Marx and Engels- why did, you, why did you say materialist and then throw this up there? Is the word materialism even present here? This page doesn't even include the word materialism. Why did you... Were... Even the Marxist.org doesn't think dialectical materialism is a truth-finding system. Do they say that explicitly? It says right here that dialectical materialism is a way of understanding reality, which is absolutely true. Um, I, don't, I don't see here where it says that explicitly. Yeah, I heard that Ben Burgess ended up agreeing with me. I mean, I guess it's not an ethical system. Dialectical materialism is not an ethical system. Nobody says that it is. I doubt that even their texts say that it is. It's just not. I just, I, I, it's, again, this is like a religious doctrine to them. Uh, so it has to, like, explain absolutely everything. Materialists. Dialectics is this ancient classical philosophy that the Greeks used, this, this kind of framework for 
discovering truth. Hegel resurrected those ideas and formed them into this method of philosophical inquiry for German idealists. As Engels wrote in Socialism, Utopian, and Scientific, Hegel's work's greatest merit was the taking up again of dialectics as the highest form of reasoning. The old Greek Wait, Vosh, I thought you said dialectical materialism is descriptive, not prescriptive, so it just explains the world as it is. It's a mode of analysis. Modes of analysis aren't assessed in, in, uh, with regard to their truth value. They're assessed with regard to their um, utility. How much info, how much explanatory, useful information do we get out of looking at the world this way? This is one of the reasons why I'm very happy about my sociological education. You're taught uh, to look at the same system through multiple modes of analysis to determine which produce the kinds of information and the amount of information that you're looking for. Greek philosophers were all born natural dialecticians, and Aristotle, the most encyclopedic of them, had already analyzed the most essential forms of dialectic thought. Hegel's great contribution to dialectics was to develop dialectics from a simple method of examining truth based on discourse into an organized, systematic model of nature and history. Marx and Engels strongly rejected Hegel's idealism as well as the strong influences of Christian theology in Hegel's work, but they also straight saw. What does any of this have to do? He all I said was that Marx was a modernist. And he said, wrong, and now he's reading about the history of dialectics. What does this have to do? Great potential in the system of dialectics. As Marx explained in Capital Volume 1, the mystification which dialectics suffers in Hegel's hands, Hegel was a mysticist, an idealist, a theologist, a fideist. This mystification by no means prevents him from being the first to present its general form of working in a comprehensive and conscious manner. Comprehensive is very important here. It means that it's a universal system of analysis. That's what- You mean like a modernist system of analysis? You mean like modernists believe that their systems for understanding the world were comprehensive and that's the primary thing that distinguishes them from postmodern philosophers who think that singular narratives aren't capable of entirely explaining things? You mean what I said? What Marx and Engels liked about it, but they thought there were a lot of problems with the system. They thought the fundamental idea of creating a dialectical system of analysis that could be universally applied to all things, phenomena, ideas was good and cool, but they didn't like the idealism which permeated Hegel's works. That's they're why they, they, they conceived of materialist dialectics, dialectical materialism, as Marx wrote. Y yes, y yes, dialectical materialism is a union of the philosophical principle of, of dialectics to materialist philosophy. Yes. With Hegel, it is standing on its head, which is to say it's idealist. It must be turned right side up again if you discover the rational kernel within the mystical shell. So here's another uh, piece of writing. Social what does this have to do with what I said? In an internal change, we have to understand- I think at this point, he's just trying to seem smarter than you by trying to explain where dialectical materialism came from. This is also sophistry by not responding to my point and instead like going on this diatribe of things that agree with the point I said when he then said I was wrong. World, world. Are you being dishonest or are you ignorant? Because it's got to be one of those two. Wait, this what? is the truth is conscious activity. Hegel and Marx together and said they were both modernists and they're like basically both in the same school of thought and they both talked about material conditions. Hegel was not concerned that much with material conditions because he. Wait, what? Distinguishes their form of dialectics from Hegel. Vosch just smushed Hegel and Marx together and said they were both modernists and they're like basically both in the same school of thought and they both. They're both modernists. What? He doesn't know what modernism is. They, they were both modernists. That doesn't mean they have to say, he doesn't know what, these are the people who criticize me on theory. 
They know literally nothing. Absolutely nothing. They know nothing at all. They were modernists. Oh my god. Here. I, I'm sorry. We're doing Wikipedia. Holy shit. Modernism was like the shit back then. Everyone was a fucking modernist. Oh my god. There, there. Marks. Oh god. What did I just hit? What button? My stream's still up? I hit like a hidden function key. Oh shit. Okay. It looks like it's still up. All right. Marx, modernism. Understanding Marx, understanding modernism. Is Marx a modernist? Yes. Hegel, modernism. Hegel's modernism. From the University Press Scholarship Online. Yes, they're modernists. He, he doesn't know what modernism means. I think he heard like materialist or something. Both talked about material conditions. Hegel was not concerned that much with material conditions because he was an idealist. Hegel's no shit. was that the first basis of truth is conscious activity. The first basis of truth is reasoning within the human mind. This is what Engels and Marx hated about Hegel. Did you know that? And if you knew that, then why did you just present things the way in which you just did? You As by saying they're both modernists? Guys, who in my community said this was a good video? You can't watch me anymore. You can't watch me anymore. This is, this is insane. Google modernism. Being dishonest, or are you ignorant? Because it's got to be one of those two things. Oh everything God. you said is wrong. Okay. The confidence. So this, is, so this is one of the reasons why postmodern neo-Marxist is kind of a funny term, right? You know, Marx was very much a modernist. In fact, I think Marx would. Quite when did Luna ever say he wasn't a modernist? What, what's your point? I do. He's so fucking mad, dude. Holy shit! I'm just talking to my audience about modernism. He's like, like, hey, here's my cat, guys. What does this cat have to do with you insulting my wife? Modernism, by the way, and, and Marx did develop modernism quite a lot. One of the foundations what? of modernism is looking for material evidence for things. Oh, he doesn't know! He, he doesn't know what modernism is! It's developed modernism? What, 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 what do you think? He invented the printing press? Modernism! Oh, dude! He's working extra hard to get out of the cuck shed right now. Holy shit. Or maybe he's in bed and Luna's over at, like, the, the Vietnamese People's Bulls, like, academy. Where, where fucking bad, undialectical white boys, uh, you know, petition to have their fucking wives pleasured while they make asinine YouTube videos that demonstrate an utter absence of any knowledge on any subject. Holy shit. Modernism. Modernism. That's not Wikipedia. Oh wait, this Wikipedia article has nudity. Well, that's cool, I guess. Philosophical movement. Oh wait, when I click on that, it just says philosophy. <sighs> Modernism means a lot of things. Modernist philosophy. There, modern philosophy. A philosophy associated with modernity 17th and early 20th centuries roughly marked the beginning and end of modern philosophy, postmodernity, modern Western philosophy, <sighs> philosophy of mind, epistemology, metaphysics, the rationalist, the... You could just look this up. 
I'm gonna make my headache come back. I dislike postmodernism for a number of reasons. The idea behind dialectical materialism, reasons why postmodern neo-Marxist is kind of a funny term, right? You know, Marx was very much modernist. In fact, I think Marx would quite dislike postmodernism for a number of reasons. The idea behind dialectical materialism is that the forces which move the world forward, which dictate history, human progress, are caused by the antagonisms which arise between different people's material conditions and class desires, or their, um, their... This is it. This is it. He's finally going to respond to the definition of dialectical materialism. I can't wait for him to explain how I'm wrong. Their, um, what's that term? Their, um, class interest. Thank you. He's describing now historical materialism, which is rooted in dialectical materialism. So, it, so this is this is a, a semantic. Technically, I am talking about historical materialism, but historical materialism is just the application to history of the dialectical material analysis. That's so. This is like a, a semantic, um, a, a semantic. Uh, uh, this is something where the waters are super muddied. Even Google, for some reason, says that dialectical materialism and historical materialism are interchangeable concepts, but they're not. Historical materialism is the application of dialectical materialism to history. And okay. what's remarkable about that is that Marx and Engels were basically trying to develop a scientific way of looking at history. And they saw class struggle rooted in material conditions as the driving force of history. Because huh? as dialectical materialism dictates, the material determines the ideal. In that sense, the economic base, the structure, determines the superstructure. Things like our political forms. Our okay. Structure superstructure is not the same as material determining concept, but okay. Our culture, our art, religion, etc., etc. But those things also impact back on the material. That's the key point of dialectical materialism: is that the material determines the ideal, but the ideal also impacts the material. That's what breaks them. No, because Hegel also thought that. If, you're, if your only definition for dialectical materialism is that material affects idea affects material, then that's everything. That's every reciprocating cultural, like, everyone believes that. Thoughts affect reality affect thoughts. It's... <sighs> yeah, he was getting close for a second. ...them from the pure empiricists, empiricists and the positivists, and we'll talk about that more a little bit later. And that's what Luna's really talking about in this video, is the difference between Marxist dialectical materialism and mechanistic empiricist positivism where, you know, the, the positivists and the empiricists believe that the material defines everything and that the ideal determines nothing and that the only truth that can be sought is through what we observe with our senses. Marx actually saw that as a weakness of empiricism because he believed that what happens in consciousness does matter because it can impact the material world, essentially, is what Marx was saying. And if Doesn't this explicitly contradict the stuff that he told me in the conversation? When he was talking with me, and in Luna Oi's video, they were saying dialectical materialism is when you look at the world with evidence, like it was a process, like it was a thing that you could do, like you could do dialectical materialism. And they said he used dialectical materialism to determine what was right or wrong. Now, right here, he's not, it's not perfect, but this is, this is a good enough definition of dialectical materialism that I wouldn't get mad at chat for, like, typing it out at least, you know? Um... Then why, th so is, is he just like covering his ass now? Because this is different from the definitions that he's provided elsewhere, completely different. If you read Dialectics of Nature or Socialism, Utopian and Scientific or Anti-During, you'll see oh. that Marx and Engels, or Capital, Marx and Engels talked about this stuff all the time, extensively. Right. They didn't just talk about historical materialism. Dialectical materialism was used in the analysis of capitalism in, in Das Kapital, which did draw from historical materialism, but historical materialism is a specific application of dialectical materialism to history. But Vosh here is talking about historical materialism as if that is what dialectical materialism is. It's not. Historical 
So again, this is like massive semantics right now. This has nothing to do with the point at hand. Materialism is a specific kind of focused field of dialectical materialist philosophy to history. I don't know how else to say it. If he doesn't know that, it's because he hasn't studied this stuff deeply enough <laughs> to know the difference between dialectical materialism and historical materialism, which is based on dialectical materialism. It's as simple as that. There's a critical, uh, the idea here essentially is a rejection of, of the, the old idealists, you know, um, who believe that the human condition, the human spirit, human society, whatever, advance through a kind of ideological debate where you have... Okay, by the way, I got the email, the introduction to the basic principles of Marxist-Leninism, but the translated version is an opening. I can see the untranslated version, which uh, I can read, but choose not to. But I can't open the translated version, it's just white pages have concepts which are refined through antagonisms that arise in the conflict between different variants of an idea, right? But what Marx said was, actually, that's gay and stupid and dumb and bullshit, okay? In reality, ideas aren't what drive things forward. In reality, it's material conditions. People, societies even, aren't really motivated by ideas. Let me make this very simple for you, Vash. You're describing historical materialism, which is a specific application of dialectical materialism. So it's confusing. He's he's so smug right now about distinguishing between two concepts that are so similar that Google uses them interchangeably. This is meaningless. You, when Luna talks about the much more broad and universal aspects of dialectical materialism, which you're not familiar with. So what Luna? So no, no, I describe dialectical materialism, but the, Luna's version of dialectical materialism was um was using evidence to arrive at conclusions. Practical materialism leads me to think you shouldn't be so goddamn smug about all of this. <laughs> Let's take America. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He, got, he bought himself one hug with that. For example, America was founded, nation, free for all, whatever, but there were slaves and women couldn't vote. Also, white people couldn't vote if they weren't property owners or women, whatever, you know, nobody could vote, basically. Okay, so, um, you know, uh, now, People, some people argue, you know, well, ideologically, we arrive at a, at a dialectical resolution uh, when we pass the Civil Rights Act, when we allow women to vote, et cetera, et cetera, because these conflicting ideas, you know, they challenge one another, so on. See, see he thinks that dialectics just means things conflicting with each other, but it doesn't. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dialectical idealism is the conflict in the antagonism which arises between inconsistencies in an idea. That is, that is what it is. That is what that is. Dialectical relationship is simply a relationship in when two things influence each other. They can be mutually productive, uh... actually. So for instance, the LGBTQ plus movement and anti-racism can dialectically influence each other in productive ways that benefit both. Conflict is what tends to drive development. And there are a lot of reasons for that, which Luna goes into in her book. But essentially, there are many forms of dialectical. It's like they can't understand arguments that aren't in a textbook to be re repeated ad nauseum. I, yeah, it's like they can't, they can't process information that's not like being produced by the People's Department of Education of Vietnam or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's the same information, they'll disagree with something and then go on to say things that agree with it, or they'll say information and then indicate they don't understand it by contradicting it when it's expressed in a very slightly different way. Relationships and dialectical development can take many forms. And to simply say that people argue with each other, that's what dialects, dialectics are. I didn't, wait, I didn't say just people arguing with each other. I said the conflict which arises through the antagonism of contradictory ideas. The different, you know, movements butting heads with each other, that's what dialectics are. That's just inaccurate. Dialectical development Not different is movements, in motion, the same. Which is what Marx and Engels called just change, okay? As things move and change, it leads to changes in quantity, which leads to eventually changes in quality. And that is what dialectical development is. And the, the motion happens, the change occurs as things impact each other. And, and that is what dialectical development is. And yes, all things develop dialectically, including 
the history of the bourgeois state of the United States of America, including the development of capitalism from feudalism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Voss just gave a really weird and inaccurate definition of dialectical development that's not rooted in Marx or Engels at all. So like here's Engels describing in perfect detail what dialectical development is. And this is from Luna's curriculum translation on dialectical materialism. We find upon closer investigation that the two poles of an antithesis, positive and negative, are as inseparable as they are opposed. And that despite all their opposition, they mutually interpenetrate, are mixed together. And we find in like manner that cause and effect are conceptions which only hold good in their application to individual cases. But as soon as we consider the individual cases in their general connection with the universe as a whole, they run into each other and they become confounded. This is, by the way, this is literally what I said. This is just a, a, a 19th century, no, 20, no, yeah, 19th century writing of what I said. When we contemplate that universal action and reaction in which cause and effects are eternally changing places, so that what is effect here and now will be cause here and then, and vice versa. So Engels is explaining, I'll just read the annotation, that since all things, phenomena, and ideas are relationally yeah, linked and inspired by me. the mutual impacts and processes of development which lead to change, the reasons and results which transpire between all things, phenomena, and ideas, are all linked and interrelated. In addition, what we see as the result is also the reason for some future result. Didn't I explicitly say dialectical idealism as opposed to just dialectics? Basically, okay. So, um, you know, uh, now, people. Some people argue, you know, well, ideologically, we arrive at a at a dialectical resolution uh, when we pass the Civil Rights Act, when we allow. Yes, ideologically, idealism. I wasn't just talking about dialectics. I was talking about dialectic idealism. Dialectics as a concept is this massive fucking broad shit, not just Hegelian. This is a summary of the Hegelian. Oh, I shouldn't have even given him that. I wasn't listening. I said idealistically and externally. As a human being, you're defined by the relationships between your consciousness and your body in the book. That is uh, when we pass the Civil Rights Act, when we allow women to vote, et cetera, et cetera, because these conflicting ideas, you know, they challenge one another, so on. But if you look at things, I, I disagree strongly. You know, if you take a look, for example, at the abolition of slavery, one of the big things there uh, is, is the, the core question. Why was the South so inured with slavery when the North wasn't? And to me, the answer is economics, okay? It's not because the North was more ideologically developed. It's because the South was less economically developed. They still relied on plantations and cotton picking. So to them, they had to come up with ideological justifications for the material state of things. You understand? Okay, let me try to follow this. Bosch is saying that some people say- I would love to see him argue against this. ...that dialectical development is rooted in arguing between ideas, which is not what Luna said. Dialectical idealism is about resolving the antagonism within an idea as its internal contradictions cause conflict. That's idealism. In fact, it's been a long time since Luna said anything, so let's go back real quick and look at the last thing Luna said. So they took the ideas of Hegel and Feuerbach and developed them to create their system of understanding the world, which we call dialectical materialism. So in order to understand Marxism and Leninism, you have to learn how to examine the world's perspective. perspective. You need to be able to understand the world from a materialist perspective, right? Argue about the world from a materialist perspective. That does not contradict historical materialism. That does not contradict anything that Vosh just said about material conditions what? being prerequisites for ideology or being the, you know, the, the, the driving force of ideology. It doesn't contradict it at all. Okay. What? Luna never said that dialectical development is about ideas. Dialectical idealism is? Yeah. I, what is he talking about? I want to see him explain how my example of dialectical materialism is bad. With each other, that's development of societies, which is what Marx said in historical 
materialism, which is world, and elitism, which Marx and Engels also broke. I literally, I saw people in my Reddit saying that EJ had good points on philosophy that I messed up. I have no idea. I, I have not cracked down on you people hard enough, okay? Holy shit. I would, I would rather have fucking Ben Shapiro fans, okay? Than people who are fans of shit like this, because at least Ben Shapiro fans are distinct and know they are and express that they are, as opposed to people like this who delude themselves into believing that they're actually on the left and are so insufferably wrong. From. Marx and Engels also recognize that we could consciously impact the material world, and that's crucial. Because the real world. No, just no. I for now, just remember, dialectical materialism is all about understanding the world by forming arguments which are based on evidence which we get from the real world. Listen again, dialectical materialism has nothing to do with making arguments based on evidence, okay? Again, this is some kind of weird hash down version of empiricism. As, as opposed to like solipsism or something. This is this is not understanding. Dialectical materialism is about understanding the world through the material conflicts which arise between different groups and the antagonisms they produce. The, like you could replace this with like science. Science is all about understanding the world by forming arguments which are based on evidence we get to the world. Like this doesn't mean anything. No, just no. I, I I reject. I could be very wrong on this, but no. This this is the, this. I was not very wrong on this. I was very right on this. That was a un. That was unnecessary modesty on my part. This is the idea. This is the ideological perspective. It's not about the arguments. It's not. About, it's as opposed to what the non-evidentiary arguments. Yeah, this is empiricism. This is a philosophy. This really upsets me because he doesn't understand the relationship between Hegel and Marx and Engels, and he doesn't understand how important it was to Marx that they broke with Hegel's idealism. You have got to understand the historical. My wife, which led to. Marx and Engels discovering these truths about the world. Marx and Engels were not empiricists and they were not idealists. They had another position, which we call dialectical materialism. They were Germans. Dialectical materialism and empiricism are not in the same cat. Dialectical materialism is a political philosophy and a lens of analysis. Empiricism is an epistemic philosophy. They're not in the same category. They're not the same thing. They're not mutually exclusive. That we're living in, a, in the shadow of Hegel. Hegel was monumentally influential in Germany with the German ideal. This is just like critical race theory with the conservatives. This does, does give the same vibes as like James Lindsay talking about how critical race theory is like a neo-Marxist plot to destroy Western university or whatever. Vosh, you have to admit at least virtue ethics is better than whatever non-compete believes. Anything and everything is better than this, okay? Please, God, give me virtue ethicists. Give me deontologists. Give me divine command theorists, okay? Give me anything but this. Holy shit. Marx and Engels were young Hegelians. The young Hegelians were idealists who were heavily influenced by Hegel's idealist philosophy. So yes, in the context in which Marx and Engels were developing dialectical materialism, they were absolutely arguing against idealists who believed that reason and logic within the human mind and consciousness alone was the foundational basis of truth. They were saying that's bullshit. We have to base things on evidence. But they also broke from the empiricists, actually. And that's something else that Vosh doesn't understand. I, I, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I feel like I'm doing you guys dirty, but he's misrepresenting this shit so fucking much. Okay? You can be you can be an idealist and still be a dialectical materialist. Dialectical materialism is a political philosophy. Idealism and empiricism 
uh, are, 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 are epistemic. They deal with the nature of truth. Not truth as in like, is it true that the working class is oppressed? But like the very concept of where truth comes from. It deals with meta-ethics. Dialectical materialism doesn't deal with meta-ethics because it's not an ethical system. So, it, so they're not in the same... This is like saying like, you don't understand, okay? Marx couldn't have been German. He was a communist. Like, these are different categories of shit. And when Luna says that we have to create arguments which are based on evidence which we get from the real world, you also have to realize that this is just the beginning of a three-part series. Also, idealists would also say we need to create evidence based on the real world. Idealism do it doesn't mean that you're a solipsist that doesn't believe in the concept of evidence. It's about the epistemic origin of truth and the whether or not truth values can exist outside like conceptualization. It it's not about evidence. You can be an idealist or an empiricist, but still be a scientist that adheres to the scientific method. And you could be either of those things, any of them, all of them, whatever, and still be or not be a dialectical materialist. Does, does, does chat, do you get this? I, I'm sorry, I'm like wounded right now because again, it's like a shotgun spray. Every time this guy opens his mouth, the world gets stupider and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm using like my hands to try to plug up like a, a fucking broken water main or something. Let me show you something that Vosh did not watch, which is part two of Luna's three-part- Why so would I watch part two? The differences between empiricism and he doesn't know what any of in these words mean. Many economists were empiricists, meaning they believed that the only source of human knowledge is sensory experience. Empiricists completely rejected all the things that happened to data inside human brain. This was an earlier form of materialism, and Marx was strongly opposed to empiricism because he felt like it opened the door to idealists who rightfully said that the way the mind processes information about the world is important to understanding ourselves and our societies. Marx knew that what happened inside the mind mattered, and this is what led him to examine the dialectical category of content and form. So, yes, Marx and Engels. What does that have to do with anything that I said? We're not the same as empiricists, okay? And if you watch the rest of our series, you would see her say that. No, clearly. I know that. You <laughs> problems that they have with that way to find truth was through. It's a social thought that there was more to understanding reality than just sense data. Now, watch the way that Vosh just jumps on like a rhetorical predator onto what he perceives as a teeny tiny little. Oh, hold on. When uh when when non compete starts talking about you know being a predator, uh we got to take him seriously because he's something of an expert on the adults subject. Adults can molest We're, children and it has a positive outcome. So clearly he's got you know he's he's got uh, levels of intuition and experience in this field. He said that yeah he said that that's true he did say that that is true. Little weakness in the in the in the semantics of how Luna is about to word a sentence. No class is more important or powerful than any other class, and no race is- There's no class- wait, if there's no class, then there is no- no class is any more powerful than any other class. This is one of the most asinine and ridiculous, sophistic non-points in the entire two-hour stream. That's her point, Bosch. By definition, when there's no economic class that dominates any other economic class and everyone's equal, right, there's no class. What do you really- No? No class means- no class. Not all the classes are equal. Those do not mean the same thing. There's a very big difference between a society that does not have a concept of race and a society that does, but all the races are held equally. There are massive differences between those things. In fact, I think that's a pretty illustrative example because you guys have to understand, right? There is a big difference conceptually between a society with no race, like literally no concept of race, and a society which simply has racial equality. Those are very different things, aren't they? 
the racial equality thing, I mean, don't get me wrong, racial equality is good, you know, it's preferable to the alternative, but there's still race. Race still has an influence. There will still be racists. There will still be people who individually abuse uh, the, 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 you know, um, uh, uh, angular advantages ascribed to one's race. You can have a society that is racially equal but still have hate crimes because racial equality is an aggregate. Even if a society is racially equal, uh, that doesn't mean there aren't individual instances of race being used to hurt people. And how do you determine racial equality? If you're to go by income or whatever, Jewish people in America are doing fine, but they get more hate crimes than any other group in this country. So how do you determine that? This is why it's not sufficient to me to simply be uh, a gender egalitarian. I'm a gender abolitionist. I'm not a race egalitarian. I'm a racial abolitionist. And if you have the audacity to call yourself a fucking communist, Luna Oi, then you should not simply be advocating for class equality. Jesus. I remember when communism was considered a revolutionary ideology. Jesus. This is not semantic at all. What do you think she's saying? What do you think she's saying? This is so ridiculous. This is sophistry. Everything she made says makes perfect sense. Everything she said makes perfect sense. You're trying to build under socialism. The goal is to build a society in which everyone is equal, in which no class dominates any other class. No! Classless! No! There shouldn't be a class! Under communism, in a Marxian sense, there should be no class. There should be absolutely no distinction between groups relative to the means of production. They should, it should be completely flatlined. There should be, if there is a class, there should be one, and it's everyone. What is, what is this revisionist horseshit? These are the people who tell me I need to read theory. This is revisionism. The idea that communism is when the classes are equal is the most bougie, champagne socialist, revisionist horseshit I've ever heard. It sounds like a fucking neoliberal op. Like the fucking World Bank is puppeting you. What the fuck is wrong with you? Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, dude. The we well, we have communism in in Sweden. Our classes are equal. We have strong unions. Fuck off, counter-revolutionary liberal fuckwits. And therefore, there is no class. That makes perfect sense. Maybe you don't like the way she phrased it, but come on, you have to know what she meant. This is this is just so such a non-point. This is what, what are you talking about? What you can't. Well, this is literally, you know, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal. No, than it's others. not. You are so full of shit. This Mad. is exactly the Mad. kind of sophistry that was no wife pussy of, of Stephen. Wussy, Douglas. where's you know, the wussy? You're very skilled at looking for any weakness in a specific individual statement, and then laser focusing in on that and picking that apart. In this case, literally just the semantics. Remember when he spent 15 minutes because I used historical materialism and dialectical materialism interchangeably, even though they're so ubiquitous that Google uses them interchangeably. He spent 15 minutes of the video on that. I remember. Takes up a sentence that she put together without trying to understand what's actually being said or the broader points that are being made. This is sophistry. It is rhetorical trickery. It makes mm. Vosh look so smart. Like he really knows what he's talking about. And he's oh so shit. He's gonna. This guy agrees with the Nazis, right? He's about to call me a, a Jewish trickster. We'll skip over that part. But it, ha it probably happened in the past 30 seconds. I just skipped. Is a situation in which there's not one class that dominates other classes. In that sense, there's one economic class. That's Stop! the goal of communism. So no! What are you about? A classless society where none of the classes have more powerful than the other ones. What are you talking about? Hey, if, I, if we ever invent time travel, I'm going to go back in time and, and go uh, learn German. And I'm going to go up to Marx. And I'm going to go, hey, we did it. We achieved communism. All the classes, uh, 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 they're all equal.
and he's going to be like, the classes are equal. Yeah, I'm going to be like, yeah, all both of them, the, the bourgeois and the proletariat, they're both equally powerful. <laughs> this is just such a and he goes I mean he's just yeah, going he punch on me. it's just a non-point pure sophistry puffery as a warrior all right I meet my 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 comrades in battle all right regardless of their order. oh wait hold on going on about it it's just a non-point pure sophistry puffery as all right now I want to point out that Vosh uses these the arsler several times during the stream which I just find detestable as a disabled person, as somebody who's well aware of the multiple forms of genocide that uh, disabled people are facing right now, that's really just kind of an aside. I find it despicable, but whatever. That's really just... Literally married to a person who justifies the state, like, executing anarchists, makes up stories about how it's acceptable, then lies about it later, uh, and writes off civil rights movements as color revolutions. Yeah, I don't, I don't fucking care. These people are the most selective crybullies in the universe. Also, as a disabled person... I'll meet you in the forests, fellow Ronan. Better prepare. In the side that I have to make, okay? Because I just think it's disgusting, so I just have to throw that out there. According to Landon, matter is a philosophical category denoting objective reality, which is given to many these sensations, and which is copied, photographed, and reflected by our sensations, while existing independently of them. Under this philosophical viewpoint, the most common attribute of all forms of matter is objective existence. It means... Chat, I'm not a philosopher. Isn't she literally just talking about empiricism right now? No, she's not talking about empiricism, Bosch. You're not a philosopher because you haven't read any of the basic most fundamental texts of Marx and Engels, which she's referencing. They were anti-empiricists. They were anti-positivists. I've explained all of this. You literally don't know what you're talking about. And now you've got... The, on the only thing he's establishing here is that Luna Oi managed to arrive at a definition which is neither dialectical materialism or empiricism. Your chat thinking that she's saying something that she's not saying. She, what, what Marx believed is that there is an objective existence. There is a world outside of it. That's and why I was asking, by the way, because I know Luno is a dumb fuck. So when I ask, is she trying to describe empiricism? Like, I know she's not doing a good job. Believe that we can obtain empirical data about the world through our All right, senses. We've, we've done this bit. Again, about the objective world. Empiricism is a very specific do. Because you're talking about irrelevant things to try to. So if you would pay more to or empiricism, start guessing what Luna's going to say, and he's, he gets it totally wrong. So let's hear what, what, what uh, Vash's guess is first. She's going to say that materialist philosophies are tied to an understanding of the world adjacent to the scientific methods uh, process for arriving at understandings of the world. So by connecting empiricism and materialism, she is mistakenly claiming that a philosophical construct like Marxism is as, uh, you know, is as empirically derived from natural evidence as, say, for example, you know, the speed of light is from observation. Problem here is that I feel like all of this, this is the reason she's going on this whole unnecessary tangent is because it sets up uh, some bad philosophy. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what she's going to say. Spoiler alert, Bosch is totally wrong. Then sends the images, the information into your brain, and based on those images and information, your brain builds consciousness about the world. The reflection of the world varies in each person's mind. For example, for people who are born blind or deaf, their consciousness about the world is very different from people who don't have the same conditions. Blind people can't see, so their world has no color. Deaf people can't hear, so their world doesn't have sound. So it means even though we share one same material world, each of us have a different consciousness about the world. So what creates... So, just so you know, Bosch, you were completely fucking wrong, but... Wait, she's not done yet, non-compete! And I don't trust you to clip this honestly. So what if I just find that part from my own video? Yeah, if you speed it up so quickly, we have no fucking idea what's going on. What part of the video... You've already got your chat. He's so mad. Uh, one hour, 18 minutes. My god. What a... What a run. ...of consciousness. Must believe... Wow! 
There was a version of this video that had high quality audio before you fucking ruined it for some reason. That consciousness emerged from social activities, specifically language and labor. Basically, must believe that we develop a world doesn't have sound. So it means even though who don't have the same conditions, blind people can't see, so their world has no color. Deaf people can't hear, so their world doesn't have sound. So it means even though- You can see me concentrating down here because I'm waiting for the point to be made. We share one same material world. Each of us have a different consciousness about the world. So what creates consciousness? Marx and Engels argued for the social origin of consciousness. Marx believed that consciousness emerged from social activities, specifically language and labor. Basically, Marx believed that we develop consciousness from interacting with each other and from interacting with our- N No. No, 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 no. No, no, hold on. The development of consciousness, like class consciousness, relates to your experiences regarding yourself and the world around you. That's not the same as internal sentience, which is what she was referring to beforehand. The consciousness that she was referring to beforehand was the, the purported distinction between empirical reality and experiential uh, consciousness. But that's not the same thing as consciousness in the- I think she said, yeah, she said like another dumb thing. But if there's a rebuttal, let's find out. No, Vash, you were completely fucking wrong, but you've already got your chat believing that she's going to be talking about, that she's conflating Marxism and dialectic materialism with empiricism and physicalism. And she's, you know, you've got, you've already planted that seed in their head. So now that's what they're going to come away from this thinking is that she Mad. said something that she didn't. Classic example of sophistry and rhetorical trickery. She, she wait, it's so, wait, it's sophistry to take a guess at what a person's going to say. Okay. She said something that you could not possibly fucking argue. How, with. How are you going to counter that? Wait. How are you demonstrating that I was wrong if you're not even showing what she says? Wait, you're, you're like, he was wrong when he predicted what she was going to say. You're not showing me what she said. You're going to wait uh -huh. for Luna to say something, some sentence, some little snippet that you can go and start rhetorically attacking. You can actually. I, it's, it's sophistry to let the person talk and then to respond to a point you're gonna how how dishonest of you vosh by 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 listening to a person and then only saying something after they've made their point or when you have something to say but he's so mad dude holy shit maybe he was in the cuck shed before this whole shit went down you know maybe he was already like in a like a good boy point debt you know what i mean and like this is only added to it. Like like when this whole thing started, like he was already like sixty days away from even getting to see her like topless, and now he's like half a year away, and he's just taking that on me. I for anyone who thinks that I'm being very unfair with these jokes, like it's so obvious that non compete a has no fucking clue what he's saying, and b is just mad that I made fun of his wife. Um, so yeah, I don't care. Like if that, like if that's what you're going into this with, like I don't care. Sure, if that's if that's the axle upon which you rotate, uh, then yeah, I will make fun of you for that. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. I don't think that's wrong or bigoted or anything else. Actually, see the look on Vash's face as he's listening carefully, waiting for something to change the subject because what he yes, I listened and waited. That's. It's, a, it's sophistry if I interrupt people constantly. It's sophistry if I let them talk for a while before responding. Like, it's sophistry when you argue with my wife. He was building up earlier was full of shit, and now he knows that. So now he's trying to find something else to kind of like zigzag to. This is sophistry. This is rhetorical trickery. So watch what he does. Consciousness emerges from social activities, specifically language and labor. Basically, must believe that we develop consciousness from interacting with each other and from interacting with our. No. So notice that he's not going to go back and address that he was wrong earlier. 
and that everything he said was bullshit and she didn't say what he predicted or guessed she was going to say. He doesn't address that all because what Yeah, that's just that's just how live reacting the stuff goes sometimes. Sometimes you say, I could be wrong, but I think they're going to say this. And then they don't say it. And I don't immediately just end my live stream and commit seppuku. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? You, you disrespected my wife and you didn't even have the audacity to kill yourself after what you, you, one bit you'd made about predicting the future was incorrect. What he did was he found a little what he sees as a weak point that he can attack rhetorically. So let's see what he says now. Well, it's Completely always rhetorically. I'm disagreeing with the substance of the... Okay. Ignoring all the bullshit he said earlier that, you know, she blew out of the water with what she actually said. <clears throat> Instead, he finds this point to rhetorically attack. No, no, hold on. The development of consciousness, like class consciousness, relates to your experiences regarding yourself. And oh, you have no fucking clue at all what she's talking about or what you're talking about. She's not talking about class consciousness. What? Where did you pull what? that from? Consciousness emerges from social activities, specifically language and labor. Basically, must believe that we develop consciousness from interacting with each other and from interacting with our. No, 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 no. She's actually talking about just consciousness, like human thought. She's not talking about class consciousness. This is the weirdest deflection I've ever seen. Let's listen. Let's continue listening. The world around you. That's not the same as internal sentience, which is what she was referring to beforehand. So why are you talking about class consciousness? The consciousness that she was referring to beforehand was the, the purported distinction between empirical reality and experiential uh, consciousness. But that's not the same thing as consciousness in the, the relation oh. between yourself and the world around you. Those are different things. What like, are you talking about? Why did you bring up class consciousness? First of all, she's not talking about class consciousness. Second of all, she's talking about consciousness as the internal processes of the human mind, the ideas that we have, the thoughts that we have, those processes and the relationships between ideas within the human mind. Yeah, I'll acknowledge this. I thought she was talking about class consciousness for two reasons. First of all, class consciousness is the mechanism by which people act in favor of their material interests in a Marxian sense, which is what drives them to agitate along the lines uh, that, that they do in a dialectical materialist framework. Because the video was on dialectical materialism, I did mistakenly assume that by consciousness uh, they were referring to class consciousness. And secondly, because almost everything Luna Oi had said was wrong up to that point, and she was constantly conflating between dialectical materialism, a lens of analysis, and epistemic truth forms in empiricism or idealism, I thought it was safe to assume that she was being wrong again. Which, to be fair, she is, just not in the way that I thought. You know what I mean? Basically, what, what happened here, and I'll acknowledge this, okay? What happened here is I was served a dish from an aspiring chef, and the aspiring chef has a very severe head injury. And I, I, I you know, it's like a soup. I take a, a sip of the soup, you know what I mean? And it tastes like ass, you know? And I'm trying to, like, guess why. Like, too much of this ingredient, you burnt this, like you added too much of that, you know, and I got it wrong. I, I acknowledge that, you know, my my guess was that too much shoe leather was included uh, when the truth was that Luna urinated into uh, the soup uh, when it was being cooked. Uh, so I, I acknowledge that my my assessment of the degree to which this has been fucked up uh, is 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 wrong. Uh but, but I maintain the broader criticism. She is, though, the book does use conscious interchangeably for both human capability and the social phenomena. Well, that's my argument. I think, and I still believe this, and I'm right, as I always am, I think, okay, 
Have you guys ever heard the most insufferable socialists in the world use the term like scientific Marxism or like a, a, the science of Marxism-Leninism, okay? So here's the thing. I've said this before and I'll say it again, okay? Dialectical materialism is a lens of analysis. It is a mode of understanding the world, okay? It is not the scientific method. Historically, authoritarian governments have made an effort to conflate empirical analysis with political analysis, and in so doing, they argue that their positions are derived from the scientific method, that there is a scientific truth to what they say. Luna Oi does this constantly in her video uh, and is very dumb for doing it. Let me repeat this to you guys, okay? Political philosophy can never be scientific. Science is directly a, a, a product of empirical analysis. Uh, obviously, there's like the epistemology of science to take into account here, but science as a method is about engaging with the empirical. You measure, you analyze, you take results, you repeat, repeatability being very important there. But political analysis usually entails some degree of normative construction, and that is an ethical thing. At the end of the day, uh, whether or not, um, you know, the working class is oppressed depends on a great many definitions and understandings which are ultimately subjective. Uh, it is difficult to arrive at such a conclusion simply through scientific analysis. This is the is-ought distinction. You know, you can science all you want. But at the end of the day, when it comes to whether or not we should do something, and political philosophy does entail that, Marxism-Leninism entails that, socialism entails that. If you're a socialist, then you believe prescriptively in the uh, you know application of socialist theory. That is an ought, and you can't arrive at those through science. I can't believe you're denying this man access to his wife's love. Please tell me that you understand what I'm saying. Can you not use social scientific methodology to justify the effectiveness of your political prescriptions? Yes, you can, but effectiveness towards an ethical goal, okay? So here's where empiricism comes into political philosophy, okay? You can argue, for example, that a given distribution of polling booths empirically increases accessibility to voting for more Americans. Like you can do like the math and like, uh, road routes and like speed limits and go like, okay, this distribution of voting booths gives people the greatest degree of accessibility to voting within a given area for a given budget. You can do that mathematically, scientifically. You can do that with no consideration for ethics. But science will not tell you why it's good that people can vote. It can't. It will never. And that is the reason why when people tell you that they have a political philosophy, which is scientific in nature, you should immediately beat them to death. No, you should disagree with them on Twitter uh, because these people don't exist in real life. They'd have to leave their, their basements. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something to keep in mind. So that conflation was made constantly in Luna Oi's video. Um, and, uh, and, and I do not apologize for believing that she would continue in that misconception. That's what she's talking about. Your consciousness has a relationship with 
the physical world, which is what she's trying to explain. But you're not listening. You're 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 going off. I'm bored now. Got to get to the best parts of the videos. <gasps> He's reading chat. Ooh, that's fun. You distribute to them. It's it's embarrassing. Voss, she is mixing up different words with different definitions in different contexts to create an exquisite word salad. No, True. she's not. She's explaining the relationship. Wait, respond to more of my chats. There are probably some that call you both like dumb. Like respond to all of them. Don't just respond to one. That's sophistry. Ship between consciousness and reality as Marx defined it. Let's go look at the transcript of the video. Class consciousness, what? zero results. Consciousness, 27 results. She's not talking about class consciousness. You fuck. Right, it's not my fault you guys misuse definitions constantly. Skip ahead to what I think is the most unnerving example of Vosh clearly not paying attention to what's being said. And this is what I'm probably going to end on here with the, with the viewing. I also don't agree with people who believe Stalin did nothing wrong. Because it's so obvious that he did many things wrong. That's including good. cheating Ho Chi badly. He thought Ho was a spy from a capitalist <laughs> country. And didn't believe Vietnam could win against France. And Stalin refused to support Vietnam, which obviously pisses me off. But that doesn't mean I want to... the only fucking thing she has on Stalin is that... See... That's not the only things that she has on Stalin. It's nah, if you're if you're like, I do think Stalin did something wrong. They disagreed with the glorious foundational leader of my state, the People's Republic of Vietnam, Glory B. Yeah, no, that's funny as fuck. Stay mad, wife guy. Wife guy. One example she used. This is another example of just looking for one little rhetorical opening. This is phenomenon which he's attacking, not the essence of what she's saying. She made, she gave one example, and then you're twisting it to make it sound like she only has one example. And I know you're laughing, so you can go back and say it was just a I'm joke. I'm still laughing. Another tactic of sophistry. But that's what you're doing. You're you're basically programming programming this into your audience's head. You're convincing your audience that this can is- you, Can you imagine if somebody was like, yeah, I do think Hitler did something wrong. He, um, you know, he, he, he killed American soldiers. Wouldn't that be a bit sussy? That'd be a little bit sussy. I think, personally, in my opinion, that would be a little bit sussy. Uh, I think that might be indicative of a few things. The case, but then you're also giving yourself some plausible deniability with your little with your little laughing. But that's not the gross. Thankfully, part. I don't that's have a wife, so I'm not forced into making dumb arguments. She's been brainwashed by. Oh my god. Waste all my time arguing about whether Stalin was essentially good or essentially bad. What a waste of time. Speaking of Ho Chi Minh, the great leader of Vietnam, he also made mistakes. In my opinion, his most serious mistake was the land reforms in the 50s. My family. Oh, this is it. Yes, this is it. This is the 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 thing that she got mad over. Luna's talking now about her family. She said, my family members were victims. That's how mm -hmm. she sets this up. Mm -hmm. So if Vosh is actually listening... Very serious wife guy look right here. You better listen to my wife. ...and paying attention to what she's saying, then in my mind, there's really no excuse for the reaction he's about to have. And a lot of people have, have tried to excuse this, but I find it an excuse. What we have here is, a, is, is Luna, who is a human being, talking about her very deep personal experiences. Luna's a human... Oh, wow. Hey, you're really laying out the best and most convincing defenses a wife guy can. Wow, your wife is a person? Remember when he came on and talked with me, and, and I, he was like, don't you see it's bad to call her a stepchild of the Vietnamese state? And I'm like, what? Well, I was insulting her, so no, I feel like it fit with the insult. He was like, well, I recognize my wife as a human. <laughs> Jesus. With her family, her grandfather, who, by the way, was a complicated man, okay? Luna will tell the story, but there are parts that she leaves out, so I'll, I'll add those as we continue. In the 50s, the North of Vietnam wanted to build a communist society while we were fighting against France. Ho Chi Minh wanted to redistribute the farmland so everyone would have their own farm, their own means of production. My family was super rich back then. Okay, she said my family's super rich back then. So here's the story. I know. More of the story that she tells in this video. Luna's grandfather was a rich landlord, but- What is it? What the fuck does your wife's life, family life story have to do with me, the cool part of this video? Through the fascist occup occupation from that point of Japan, when Japan occupied Vietnam from that point on, Luna's grandparents both starved. Luna's grandmother had health problems for the rest of her life from the starvation that she suffered through under the occupation of the Japanese fascists in Vietnam. During the Battle of the Nguyen Phu, 
Luna's grandfather, who at that time really was still a, a landowner and still exploitative, but also had gone through starvation, was suffering in his own way. Okay. Right? You know, I'm, I'm just telling you what happened, right? I'm not making any judgments one way or the other. But he took a bicycle loaded with rice and walked it from Tainhua to Dien Bien Phu. You know, it was a week's long journey. And he I had to do that in college once, back before I got a car for groceries. Dissipated in the Battle of Dien Bien Phu in that way. And what she's talking about here, I think is really germane and relevant to why I'm bringing this up. She's talking about the differences between essence and phenomenon. What Vosh is doing is he's looking for little phenomena that he can go and pick apart while ignoring the essence of what's being discussed. So Luna says, my family were victims of these reprisals of this, of this, you know, you'll, you'll hear the rest of the story. Well, no, so far, all she said was my family was rich. That's it. But Vosh is not trying to understand the essence of the full story of what she's saying. He's locked in trying to find things to pick apart. What story? What? To rhetorically attack because he can't attack the whole because he doesn't understand the whole. So let's keep going. We will land also maybe a hundred years and we... Okay, so see, I laugh at the, we were landlords for like a hundred years. Listen, I get a lot of tankies saying that I'm like some Hollywood CIA plant. I don't, I don't give a fuck. It's funny. Okay, I don't care. Uh, well, if you knew my wife and knew the whole history of her entire lineage, then you would know it's actually less funny than you thought it was. All right, dude. The communists in my grandparents' village implemented that order in a horrible way. They took everything from my grandparents, even the shell of my grandma's body. They tortured my grandpa for days in the big yard of the village. Notice how I instantly stopped laughing the moment they start talking about, like, the, the, the attacking the, the family. Let me slow down just so, like, you can, you can see the incredible physical obviousness with which I'm not laughing. And we all share a lot of land. The communists in my grandparents' village implemented that order in a horrible way. They took everything from my grandparents, even the shirt on my grandma's body. They tortured my grandpa for days in the big yard. Yeah, that was that was pretty immediate. Damn, that's incredible. People are saying, oh, he wasn't laughing at grandparents' tor torture. Look at the faces he's making in the smirk as Luna describes the ways in which her family was tortured. And remember, she opened this whole discussion by saying, my Really? I'm literally doing the cringing face. A smirk? Have you seen me smirk? That face is an emote in my chat. It, it, what? Family, my family were victims. Anyone who's trying to listen in good faith would be like, okay, they're victims. How are they victims? Let's hear this story. But he's just going into it in like the most shitty bad faith take because everything's a joke to him. He's what? not taking this seriously at all. And look at the faces he pulls. Means of production. My family was super rich back then. We were landlords for maybe a hundred years, and we owned shit a lot of land. The communists in my grandparents' village implemented that order in a horrible way. They took everything from my grandparents, even the shirt on my grandma's body. They tortured my grandpa for days in the big yard of the village. All the like a concerned expression. This is this is like the objective definition of a concerned expression. The reason why you can see the traces of a smile on the edges of my face is because two seconds ago I was laughing. That's it. Like, if you really want to start analyzing facial expressions like this, like, you can read whatever the fuck you want into it. Like, if you're this obsessed with finding a victim... The reason he's saying this, by the way, is because uh, Luna Oi's original claim was that I laughed at her grandparents being tortured when the opposite is objectively true. And now, because non-compete is a wife guy trying to crawl back into his wife's hole, uh, he has to find a way to, like, put this in, you know? So he so he can't, he can't say that I laughed at it because it's clearly not true. So he has to be like, well, in his face, there were secretly expressions that conveyed his dislike. Oh, by the way, also very ableist of him. Look, with the more time passes, the, the, the smile at the corner of my lips fades. You can actually see it happen, sped up. Look, 
I had a laugh just two seconds ago, and then it very clearly falls from my face. There. Look at that very smug expression. Yeah, I, you can read whatever you want into it. What she's saying is Ho Chi Minh did not order this to happen. The people, the peasants on the ground in her village took the opportunity to torture her grandfather and take revenge. And then as soon as Ho Chi Minh heard about it, he put a stop to it. That's what she's saying. This is how Vosh reacts to this story. In our National Assembly in the same year, he cried and apologized to the whole nation. My family understood that his original order was not that brutal. His original order was not that brutal. The order was to seize the land only. He didn't foresee... I'm sorry, is Ho Chi Minh like brain dead? Hey, peasantry, seize the land. There will definitely be no murders or rapes that happen here. Are you, is this a joke? Hey, hey, peasant, hey, hey, peasantry, can you seize your landlord's property, the millions of you? Don't like, don't do anything bad, like just. What was the name of this, of this historical event? The seizure of the land under Ho Chi Minh. What 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 was the what was the name of the event? Was there like a historical? Usually, there's a name. Land reform in Vietnam began in the political turmoil following World War II, in which a civil war pitted the communist Viet Minh against the French colonists and their supporters, a group which included uh, Luna Oi's parents, apparently or grandparents. Sorry. Um, land war, uh, landlords, land reform program, the Viet Minh. Communists were given a strong base of support among the 80% of the Vietnamese people who lived in rural areas. Um, land reform was accomplished from 1954 to 1956 by confiscating and redistributing land owned by landlords to poor and landless peasants. This program resulted in executions of landlords and reactionaries, estimating most reliably 13,500 killed and resistance including rioting in the countryside. The North Vietnamese government apologized for the excesses and attempted to rectify errors. This is this is them taking the blame. Wait, I don't understand why non-compete is doing a racism here by removing the agency of a of a POC king Ho Chi Minh. If they apologized for their excesses and attempted to rectify their errors, they're taking responsibility for it. Yeah, no shit. If you if you enable the seizure of land, it's going to lead to a fuck ton of murder and rape. Yeah, like uh, the fact that Luna Oi's grandparents survived is is I, I mean like pr probably a decent chance that they wouldn't have. They probably knew people who were killed. Like Jesus, what did I do here? What was going to happen? This was a failure that Ho Chi Minh made, by the way. And that's okay. his point. The failure was he did not foresee it and he did not have enough control and oversight in the implementation. And that's what he apologized for. And this is a deeply personal story for Luna's family. And that apology was very important for Luna's family. By the uh, you, 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 you made jokes in a video. You didn't even take into account the entire history of my wife's family. This is very serious. You're, you're very upset, very rude of you, my way. The way, Luna's grandfather never fled after this. He stayed in that village. His big mansion was partitioned up. The land was partitioned up. And he lived in like what used to be a warehouse until the day he died. A little tiny shack, basically. And he was content. He stayed and he helped try to rebuild after the revolution, even though he was tortured, even though he was attacked, even though his land was seized. And Luna and I both think, rightfully so, it is true that he- Wait, I'm sorry. Is this really the language here? Hold on. Wait, is this actually the North Vietnamese? Politburo's directive issued on May 4th. Holy shit. 
The previously issued directive of the Central Committee on Mass Mobilization has explained clearly our mass mobilization policy. This uh, discusses tactical directions for the campaign that you comrades can rely on while you carry out the policy of the party and the government. The punishment of reactionary and evil landlords. In this campaign, we must execute a number of reactionary or evil landlords. Wait, is this real? Journal of Vietnamese Studies? Is this the... Wait! Did we not anticipate what this might lead to? This can't be real. Wait, hold on. This can't be real. Why would they even apologize? Hold on. Vietnam Politburo Directive. The Politburo of the Communist Party of Vietnam. That was the name of the organization. Yeah, is this like CIA propaganda? Wait, hold on. <laughs> in our current situation, the number of executions is fixed in principle at the ratio of one per 1,000 people of the total population of the free areas. They had a quota? What the fuck? Yeah, this is what's coming up. Wait, is this really real? I I'm trying to find any evidence of this not. The Central Mass Mobilization Committee of the Communist Party of Vietnam is an advisory body to the Central Committee and directly subordinate to the Politburo, which at the time Ho Chi Minh would have headed, I think. Human lives are an important matter. It is not that we do not want to execute those who deserve execution, but the number of executions should not be too many. If so, it would make it difficult for people to agree with us. Jesus Christ! Then what was Ho Chi Minh apologizing for? I don't think this is faked. They went over quota? That must have been it. They went over quota. What was the population of Vietnam at the time? If they killed 13,500, they won in 1,000. Hold on. Vietnam population, which is 1950. Rough estimate. No, it was 28 million back then. They wouldn't have even met the quota. They should have killed more people? What is happening here? They were under quota. Maybe that's what Ho Chi Minh apologized for. He's like, I'm sorry, guys. I said one in a thousand. We couldn't make it happen. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Hold on. Demographics of Vietnam. Yeah, about, yeah, about 28 million back then. Okay, all right. Okay, let's just, let's just move on. What do Vietnamese history textbooks teach about the Sino-Vietnamese War next to nothing? If you're curious what the textbook has to say, let me translate. The struggle to defend our northern border. China is our close, dear neighbor. In our revolutionary struggle, the two people were closely united and generously supported each other. However, in 1978, China carried out several actions that damaged the good, intimate relationship between the two people, such as skirmishing our border, cutting off aid, withdrawing experts. More seriously, in the morning of the 17th of February, 1979, China sent 32 divisions to attack along our border to protect our fatherland, our army, and people. Most remember, guys, guys, remember, remember when I said that the propaganda, the state propaganda we have in America is nothing compared to some of these countries? Jesus Christ. Most directly, the army and people of the six border provinces stood up and fought. Our people valiantly fight for independence and freedom, together with strong domestic as well as international anti-war movement, forced China to withdraw all forces from our homeland, starting on the 5th 
of March 1979. That's it, I guess. But they fought for years. But they can't acknowledge it. Oh, sorry, it was 1 in 1,000 landlords, not 1 in 1,000 people. Okay, then they probably did go way over quota. He, he, it was an exploitative relationship. It is good that they seized that land. We don't think that it's good that he got tortured. But regardless, he stuck around and he helped try to build socialism afterwards. Okay, so this is a very important, personal, traumatic story. Luna loved her grandfather. He was a real human being. And instead of engaging in this on why any... He, why do they keep doing this? What is this cuck shit? They were real human... Yeah? And? Kind of human level, this is what this is Vash's reaction. Want to take the land of rich people and give it to poor people so everybody could have equal decisions. He's a YouTuber boss. He's so focused on his chat. I'm gonna let this play now because it's just, I'm gonna let this play. So disgusting to me. That's He's focused on his YouTube chat and the little jokes the video, that they're making. Case. I'm sorry. No apostrophe between the I and the O. And in this, he's Wait, let the, let the joke play out. I'm funny. Losing sight of the essence of the story, which is that Ho Chi Minh did not order the torture. He's doing this really great. They did order the mass execution. I, I guess if you tell a bunch of peasants to kill, like, a few landlords, you're not technically telling them to torture them? Uh... Okay. Great combination of just being a sick asshole who's responding to, to Luna's personal story about her family's actual suffering. This, so this is what I mean about the ultimate wife guy thing. There is something inherently funny about the concept of Ho Chi Minh apologizing to the nation because land reforms led to the death of a bunch of people. He's like, oops, my bad. But non-compete is so desperate for the wussy. He's so desperate to see Luna Oi's ass bear again that he's like, and Vosh was talking over her personal tragic family story. It is such an incredibly cucked, overly emotional, and dare I say, um... So, uh, uh, you know, um, sophistry, uh, like behavior. It's ridiculous. It is really funny. The Viet pussy do be hitting different. Yeah, the Viet Cussy, right? The Viet Cong, right? If we're going with Ho Chi Minh thought here, it is insane. Um, it is unimaginable. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, originally, when people called non-compete a sex pat, I thought that was really uncharitable, but my willingness to engage in charitability is being depleted rapidly, uh, unlike the contents of non-compete's balls as he goes multiple months without any sex. Uh, and, like, I don't know, man. His, his politics really just do seem to be, like, dogged, just completely uncritical, brainless defense of Luna Oi's nationalism. I feel, honestly, like, I feel like um making fun of non-compete here. Like, I feel like I'm just making fun of, like, a shell or, like, a, like, a, like, a paper, you know, like, company. You know what I mean? Like, one of those, one of those, like, fake companies they make sometimes to, to absorb lawsuits. Like, I don't, I think this guy will just defend anything Luna Oi says or does, so. Yeah, but Luna Oi will never talk to me. And if she did, she would probably call me racist for, like, anything and everything I've ever said. Though I, I do distinguish, by the way, that there is nothing racist about making fun of a nationalist for being obsessed with their national origin, you know? Very true. Non-compete and Luna Oi got mad at Keffels for this. With, like, memes and jokes. But he's also distorting... The, es the essence of what actually happened. What essence? Because again, what is Ho Chi Minh he talking about? Did not order the tortures, and what he was apologizing just ordered the killings. Like, like that is where he's at right now. You know, the funniest thing is, is that if Luna Oi's grandparents had been killed, 
and Ho Chi Minh hadn't apologized because they'd met Quota, Luna Oi would defend it. You guys know that, right? There's a 100% chance of that being the case. If Luna Oi's grandparents had actually been killed in the, uh, in the land seizures, she would be like, you know, my counter-revolutionary, like, landlord grandparents were, were evil and, you know, killing them was unnecessary. Like, the only reason they care about this is because they happened not to die and because Ho Chi Minh admitted fault. If Ho Chi Minh hadn't admitted fault, they wouldn't acknowledge fault. And if it hadn't happened at all, like, yeah, it's, it's, there's nothing here. ...for was simply not foreseeing that that would happen and not having more control. But now the whole chat's talking, oh, sorry about the torture, Logan politology, deep, <laughs> deep side before speech, right? They're not focused on what's actually being said, and so they get a distorted understanding of what Luna's saying. No wonder he couldn't effectively explain why the Holocaust was bad. Yeah, did Ho Chi Minh ever write anything on why the Holocaust was bad? Because if not, this, I'm sorry, what is the Communist Party's Vietnam's official position on the Holocaust? If they don't have one, then it wouldn't surprise me that they don't, they don't know why it's bad. Now Bosch laughs hysterically <laughs> for a very long time. I'm a funny I, guy. I didn't want to have to make this public ad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, this video, is, this public address is demonetized, guy. He doesn't understand what happened. Monetize he doesn't know what this. At. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about the truth. He doesn't care about the essence. As a Soviet. The Politburo has demonet. Have we removed ads from this public ad? Yeah, the fact that we now know about the murder quota does make this quite a bit funnier. As a rhetorical trickster, he's just looking for little points that he can attack rhetorically, deflect, Did he distort, just call, is, misinform. He's calling me Jewish. I think he is. This guy, he thinks the Nazis had a point. Yeah, I don't know. So what do you about this whole video? <laughs> this is his reaction to the story of a Vietnamese woman talking about the torture of her grandfather. Well, no, it's about Ho Chi Minh doing a gamer YouTuber apology, but, you know. Ah, fuck. Okay. But he didn't predict that the local communists and it's local peasants would take everything and even torture those rich people. Maybe he should have factored in the material conditions. <laughs> <laughs> ironically, though. This is Vosh. <laughs> I'm gonna end it here. That's true! Again, he, he runs away when he has no response. Wait, believing that the... the wait, literally, though, believing that uh, the peasantry wouldn't inflict additional violence against their landlords during a land reform after, like, hundreds of years of oppression is literally not taking material conditions into account. That's, that's, that's a joke, but it's true. It's just funny that it's true, you know? Damn, I, if only I'd been back then, been around back then, I could have taught uh, Ho Chi Minh some shit, you know? This is a line in the sand for me, and Bosch crossed it, okay? This is disgusting. This is what Bosch thinks of people who actually lived through these experiences. For Luna, this is all not a hypothetical. Vietnam is the place she was born in. She has videos about growing up under the U.S. embargoes. Literally, it's just nationalism. It's just, my my wife's, my, my wife's, my country. <laughs> what? <laughs> growing up under imperialism. My country, Vietnam, she has mass executions. Uh, Nazi Germany get mass executions. My country, she get oppressive government. Nazi Germany, she get oppressive government. Vietnam gets uh, Ho Chi Minh gamer apology. Uh, uh, Nazi Germany, uh, Hitler dead in bunker. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah.
Hitler did very nice. Regardless of whether you think Vietnam is on the right track or not, Luna's a human being, and Why does he when she shares stories like that? this, deserves a basic modicum of decency and respect. This whole video, this whole reaction stream that Vosh did was disrespectful, dishonest, and demonstrated- <laughs> Disrespectful! Clear... Who? Keep in mind, like, at this point, Luna's already called me everything under, sun, in, under the sun, including a pedophile. You know what I mean? Like, it, like th this is the, the, oh God. I, you, I mean, you guys, you guys get this, you understand. Yeah, don't they know that I'm a human being? Seriously. Your lack of any awareness or understanding or knowledge of the things that are being discussed. The entire video goes along these lines. But I've shown you several examples of Vosh distorting the information, putting words Does in Does he think I'm not a human being? Is it because I'm autistic? Do you think that, you think he keeps saying that to emphasize the superiority of him and his wife over me? Hmm. His mouth and just going on bizarre tangents to distract from what's actually being said. And this is what Vosh does for a living. And I know that there are members of Vosh's audience who are going to be super pissed that I made this video. And I know that I'm going to get harassed over this because that's another thing about Vosh. There's an element of his audience and you can see it in the chat. That's just disgusting. And this is the kind of, you know, community that is cultivated by this kind of rhetoric, by this kind of analysis. If this is the movement that we build in the USA, in the West, whatever you want to call it, we're doomed to failure because we cannot build mm. our movement on a foundation of trickery and dishonesty and obliviousness to the essential characteristics of objective reality. We have to actually mm. listen to each other. Luna has a lot of really valuable things to teach in her video series. There are three parts. Vosh only watched part one. He barely paid attention. All right, the rest of this is an ad read, I suppose. Guess we didn't demonetize this. Uh, you know, in essence. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> that was good. I wish I had watched this before talking with non-compete. I could have made so much more fun of it. He would have left earlier, though. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, so here's my current take, okay? Anyone who watches their videos at this point, you're not welcome in my community. You don't need, I don't need the collective IQ of my community being dropped, okay? Jesus Christ. The people in my community have enough going on at the moment. We don't need you guys, like, asking us how to tie our shoelaces or, like, shitting your pants and needing other people to wipe it. Like, holy fuck. It's like, I have no fucking idea how anyone could watch that video and think, these are a great series of criticism. Like, I'd like to think there's some kind of threshold for intelligent engagement that, that, like, you guys get. And remember, by the way, because this is always the line they use, it's not that I'm right, but I was an asshole. I wasn't an asshole. That was literally an hour and a half of lying about me. Uh, compounded upon previous weeks of lying about me uh, maliciously, uh, often in response to points they have no address to. And frankly, I don't know anyone my kindness. Absolutely nobody. Uh, kindness is uh, 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 whatever whatever default level of kindness people should get, just as a, a, a matter of course, you know? It can be undermined, and uh, I think they've done more than enough to warrant that. For non-compete's perspective, though, like, Luna Oi was probably watching him do that recording. In the Cope stream, which I guess we're going to look at tomorrow or whatever, um, the, uh, it, it w as soon as non-compete stopped talking with me on stream, um, immediately, like, Luna Oi, like, stepped right in. Like, I think she was there the whole debate, and she was probably there the whole time, too. It wouldn't surprise me if non-compete, and this isn't a joke, this isn't a bit, I'm not doing this for like meme points or whatever. It wouldn't surprise me if non-compete wasn't an abusive relationship. 
I don't know if there's some kind of economic imbalance to take advantage of here, if it's purely like an emotional abuse thing, but like non-compete is point for point demonstrating like every symptom of having a hyper-controlling abusive partner that I've ever seen uh, framed through online content creation. I mean, if you were to look at online content creation, uh, like what signs could manifest through that medium, you know? Non-compete, listen up, okay? I don't know about your wife, but uh, it, I hope you're doing okay, all right? <laughs> Because I know I'm not really arguing with you, right? I'm arguing with your, like, imposed expectations from Illinois. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so good luck with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, blink twice if you need help situation. Holy fuck. Um, yeah, I don't know. Now I feel bad. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously that doesn't absolve him of his behavior, like, either way, but... You know, if we want to talk about, like, who has a tendency towards kindness, and I'd say, I'd say the fact that, uh, I'd say the fact that after all the shit the non-compete has said about me, the fact that I would be willing to forgive him if he moved away from that relationship and, like, apologized, speaks to greater character on my part than any of the fucks who, uh, smear me 24-7 have ever demonstrated. Um, Luna Oi, however, is pro is gonna have to do some wild shit. Luna would have to, um... Well, maybe she could start by becoming a socialist. Didn't you say you wouldn't kick people out of your community like last stream? Oh, I'm not actually going to kick... I'm not actually going to, like, look through people's fucking search history or whatever. I'm just saying, like, you're cringe, you know? Vosh, try stop trying to break people up, you shady bitch, you. Yeah, if, if, me, if me telling uh, EJ to take care of himself was trying to break people up, then that was a very low threshold. Um, I, haven't even, I haven't even seduced him, you know? I was so shocked that the directive was so direct regarding the landlord killings. I, I think that usually my big issue is research. If there's somebody who is wrong as often as Luna Oi is, it's probably reasonable to assume they're wrong in like 40 other ways that I haven't even picked up on, you know? If anything, comprehensiveness is the issue. Like, it's, it's really like, you guys know how when you are, like when I bring a fascist on, remember the porn Nazi? When I argued with the porn Nazi, every time he opened his mouth and said something, it like if I were to comprehensively explain how he was wrong, I'd have to write a book. Like every time he said a thing, like I would have to write an entire treatise on like epistemic thought, like epistemology to begin with, you know, history, like physics. Like I would have like like everything he said was so wrong that you'd have to run through everything to get to it. Um Yeah. Um Luna Oi is, like, basically the same, like, deal, right? It's just, uh, hard to run into. Yeah, four-dimensionally wrong. Here's a trade-off for you guys for a bit. There you go.